listening to the C to Z of movies. My name is Colin. I am the C. Joining me for our 99th episode is Zijan the Z. Hello, Zijan. Hey, Colin. How wet is Bristol right now? Uh, pretty darn wet. Pretty darn wet. We've got um, the the aftermath of of Storm Dennis is happening right here. Uh, and Storm Sierra happened last week. And or Kira, as we say, I think. Is that how you pronounce it? Kira is pronounced as K, doesn't it? Um. So, in this country, we call it Kira. Um, I've, why? I, why? Uh, I'm going to say it's Irish, and that way I can—I I don't know if that's true, but it sounds Irish, and they—they—they <laughs> they, they pronounce things weirdly. Um, uh, well, an American friend of mine said they pronounce it Sierra, so uh, con- yeah, confusing. I know it the American way. Well, it is confusing. Do, do you know the Irish name Neve? No. no. How do you spell? How do you spell it? N i a m d h. I think. So, of course. Is it, a, <laughs> is it a boy's name or a girl's it's a girl's name? name. Um, I may have got that. So okay. apologies to our Irish listeners if I got that wrong. But uh, there you go. Irish names are good for being very confusing to uh, to pronounce. Uh, yes, yes, they are. Although I suppose um, it's a different language, isn't it? So they, they that's how they pronounce it. They they probably think that our names are hard to pronounce. And in fairness, yours is hard to pronounce. I, no, it's a. <laughs> I've simplified it. You, you've made it easier for me, and I appreciate that. Yes, definitely. <laughs> my cousin's uh, my cousin's son was calling me Kevin yesterday. Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> it's close. It's close. Uh, today we are talking about the film Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. No, it's not called that now. What? Anymore? Isn't... Did you know that? What? It's what? Yep, we'll we'll get back to that later. Okay, well, I didn't know this. Yeah. I'm excited to find out about this. Uh, we're going to talk briefly about the films of Nicholas Holt. Uh, and we have a quiz on the 92nd Academy Award Best Film Nominees, uh, which was the most recent Oscars that happened uh, since we last recorded. So I think, Zijan, as I throw to you to begin the news section, is that where you're going mm-hmm. to begin? Yes, I am. Lovely. It's the Oscars. The Oscars happened. And there were, well, surprises and non-surprises abound. And I have to say, I told you so, so on this podcast. So, <laughs> listeners may remember when I said, it's between 1917 and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Zijan, you said, Parasite's in the running, and I said, I don't think so. Yeah, why would Parasite be in the running, Colin? Uh, but it is, it, and it won! And it won all sorts of awards. Yeah. It won Best Film, Best Director, Best Original Screenplay, as well as Best Foreign Film. But at this rate, right, there's no point of having a Best Foreign Film now. No, I suppose uh, I suppose not. It's uh, it, now that now that the the rest of the world, uh, it's foreign language, I suppose, because presumably English films don't count as foreign for the purposes of this. But um, yes, the rest yep. of the world is now play, on a level playing field. Uh, have you seen Parasite? I have not. I have yet to see it, but I really want to. Yeah, probably next week. I'm in the when's I'm up. in the same boat. Yes, I want to see it. Um, aside from that, it kind of. I mean, that was the huge surprise, wasn't it? Um, it was. Um, all the acting categories was quite predictable. Yeah. 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 All of them won, which we said we were won. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, cinematography was predictable. Roger Deakins for the second time. Yeah. Yep. Well deserved, though, for oh, yes. 1917, honestly. Like, there, there wasn't any competition for that, to be honest. I mean, Toy Story 4 got a win. That was slightly surprising, I think. I was surprised by that, but yeah. It, still picks up. It, so it, quite it was okay my favourite animated film of last year. Um, of the out of two I saw uh, Lion King being the other one I'm not sure that even counts as I don't yeah know what it counts as. that's yeah but yeah it was uh, fairly predictable apart from the best picture win which I think uh, everyone was surprised by mm. and in fact best director I thought Sam Mendes was guaranteed that um, 
and yes, I, I'm yet to see Parasite, but if he's if it was done better than 1917, it's got to be very good. Hmm. The director of Parasite did Okja on Netflix. I told you about mm. it before about the giant pig. I'm not sure if you've seen that. I've not seen that. I've seen I've seen Snowpiercer, which is him. Ah, uh, yeah, that's the Chris Evans film, right? That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so I've seen that as well. So I've been keeping up with his films, uh, his English films at least. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what he does with a South Korean film. Now he's got all this uh, awareness um, and and uh, awards, he'll probably make a Marvel film. That'll be the. Uh... <laughs> Speaking of which, uh, that wasn't that wasn't deliberate, but that this is a good segue, unlike my usual segues. Um, Doc Sam Raimi is going to be directing Doctor Strange two. Is it confirmed? Um, I don't think it is. I, I read one one website that said, that confirmed it, but I don't. I think they might be making it up. So he's he's in talks and is is. Very much expected to, I think, is the latest. Ah, uh, uh, okay. So Sam Raimi last did uh, for Marvel the three Spider-Man films, and by that, the original Spidey, uh, Spider-Man Tobey Maguire films. Yes, yes. Um, before, it was a long time ago. It was before Marvel Studios existed. Um, so yeah. it was a Sony, well, still a Sony, I suppose. Uh, so yeah, but he's, he's been brought in after... Um, oh, who's the guy who died to Doctor Strange? Oh, Scott Derrickson. Thank you. Scott Derrickson, after he left by mutual consent, um, Slash was fired. Uh, I think this, I mean, this kind of, they've talked about it being a horror type film, and Sam Raimi's background is horror, you know, Evil Dead and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, he brought sort of horror type ideas into Spider Man without making it a horror film at all. Is that really where, where, which bits? Uh, the scene where Dr. Octopus, uh, his arms attack all the doctors and things in the, uh, in the surgery. There's, there's some fairly horror type things in that. Um, yeah. Well, you, I guess so. You get kind of uh, just sort of tropes like if a creature the thing is defeated suddenly powers its fist up through the, the dirt and comes out again. I think not well, some slightly scary elements, but you, you can definitely see a man who's worked with horror. I think when you see those. Hmm. Okay. Well, it'd be good to see him back for a, a superhero film. Anyway, I mean, we all love the first two Spider-Man films. Um, the less said about the last Spider-Man film, the better. Yeah, and that uh, really wasn't his fault. I don't think there's a lot of, no, lot of studio I, I pressure agree. there. Um, exactly. I mean, there's likely so, to be a lot of studio interference here if uh, if Scott Derrickson's uh, experience is anything to go by. So it'll be interesting to see if he stands up to that or how he stands up to mm-hmm. that. I'm sure he will uh, try at least. Um. Rachel McAdams is now is confirmed not to be in it. Um, okay. Well, she didn't really have a big part in the last one anyway. No, I was saying, I think um, it's not entirely a surprise because if she was going to be in it, it was going to be an afterthought, and I can see why she wouldn't want to do that. Um, if, uh, if it was up to her, I don't know if it was up to her or not. But. Elizabeth also is going to be in as well, so. Yeah, because it's playing off the, um, uh, the whole uh, Wonder Vision WandaVision series, which looks very exciting. Uh, hmm. But what this means, uh, according to the excited people on the internet, is that we're one step closer to a Spider-Verse movie. Do you agree, Zijan? We've been through this, Colin. Mm, but we've got new evidence now. I don't want to be excited about something that may not happen. This is just raising my expectations a bit too high, Colin. Well, Are we so disappointed if it doesn't? Do you want me to raise them slightly higher with some incredibly spurious rumour? Go on, then. So, a set photo from the Morbius film has a bus uh-huh. a bus with a poster on it saying, read all about it in the Daily Bugle. However, the Daily Bugle logo that's used is not the one from the end of um, Spider-Man Far From Home. Oh. It's the one from the Raimi trilogy. No, no Colin, honestly, this is so serious. <laughs> what I'm saying is, set your hopes to high. <laughs> well, speaking of things that will actually happen, <laughs> rather than that, there is a 
sequel for Aladdin that's coming up. It's confirmed. Um, okay, so I, I've not seen this most recent Aladdin, but assuming it ends the same way as the cartoon, yep. uh, Aladdin and Jasmine are together. Is she still a princess? What do they... Yep, she's still a princess. Okay. She's not changed. I mean, in the cartoon, she l- remains a princess at the end. Anyway. Yeah, I'm struggling to remember. I enjoyed it, but I yeah, the genie becomes proper human in this, though, not rather than a weird okay. thing. More still magical powers at the end. And didn't the, ba- didn't um, the bad but, guy become a genie? <laughs> yes, he does. He end up in a lamp. Jafar did. But so there, there is a sequel to the original animated film okay. called The Return of Jafar yes. in 1994. I don't think Robin Williams came back for that, no, to be fair. Das, to voice Dan the Castellanata. Dan Castellanata. The, the guy who voices Homer Simpson. Um, yeah. So he was doing the voice for that. But um, this sequel will not be based on that whatsoever. And it's going to be an original story. Guy Ritchie is set to do, uh, return as well. Okay. Because okay. there was another Aladdin sequel after that, wasn't there, which Robin Williams did come back for. Yes, there is. Uh, so... Yeah, but given that they're departing from the original yes. script in the second film, I doubt that they'll do so for the third one. I think Aladdin was really, really popular, mm. um, even though I didn't care for it that much. So, uh, good for them, right? Yeah, I mean, it's nice for them to be telling a new story again, I suppose. <laughs> I think Disney... Uh, it's been a while. It's been a while since... I mean, a, a sequel to Aladdin is not exactly a, a brand new story that Disney, Disney might have been in for. And in fairness, uh, I suppose the, the whole origins of Disney is just taking Grimm's fairy tales and doing them so why not that's true why not hmm. um, yeah no, I'll make sure to get around to watching the first one before on Disney Plus uh, before that comes uh, speaking of films that are getting sequels Knives Out um, is now confirmed it's getting a, getting a sequel I don't think we know any more than that I, I'd be uh, I'd be amazed if Daniel Craig isn't back um, but it wouldn't entirely surprise me if he's the only one who's back because that's had uh, murder mystery things did, work, isn't it? Um, did you see um, did you see the Twitter responses for this, so uh, Knives Out issued um, something on Twitter asking people to come up with uh, the general public to come up with a title for Knives Out All right. Part Two, and it's brilliant. Some of the some of the um, some of the replies were just uh, ingenious. So obviously you have like you no know, knives two knives out two two knives two out. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. fast knives. Nice. Yeah, you know, th- those were some suggestions. But my personal favorite was Knives Out, but out spelt O W T. And then there's a knife there reflecting the OWT to be a two. <laughs> that is clever. That, that is, is clever. clever. I, thought, I, I thought so too. So Rian Johnson has been um, tweeting as well that um, these people are distracting me from my work <laughs> by coming out with all these ideas. There's um, Coming to America is getting a sequel that's called Coming to America, um, but the two is a number. That's... That's a bit... Less clever. It's quite clever, but it's also incredibly difficult if you're ever having to like... If you're trying to distinguish between the two of them while speaking, uh, you have to say, but the two is a number. Uh, it feels like Knives Out would have the same issue. It like, probably would. <laughs> imagine if you're trying to decide which one to watch. Like, should you watch yes. Knives Out or Knives Out? Yeah. got to think about these things. <laughs> uh, well, it's so clever, though. It's, it's, it's very good. It's very good. Um, Rick Moranis is coming back. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's He kind of quit acting 20-something years ago. Uh uh, but he's coming back for Shrunk, which is the sequel slash reboot to Honey, I Shrunk, Honey the I Shrunk the Kids. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Oh, you know, for the longest time I was thinking, who is Rick Moranis? Why do I know his name? And then when you said, oh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, yes. He's that guy. Um, better known by many for Ghostbusters. Um, yeah. Uh, I believe there's a Honey, I Blew Up the Baby as well. But I, I Yes, I've seen that. I've seen them both. Okay, I've not seen they that were, They were favourites of mine when I was younger. 
Yeah, and I, enjoy, I remember enjoying Honey, I Shot the Kids, um, although it wasn't a favourite, but I enjoyed, enjoyed that. So uh, I, th- I, th- is this, I think this might be a Disney Plus thing, but I could be wrong. Um, oh, well, maybe I should get Disney Plus. There you go. There you go. Um, so that's uh, that's what's... Te- he wasn't tempted back for the Ghostbusters uh, all-female reboot, but he's been tempted back for this. I don't know if he's going to be in the new Ghostbusters. Hmm. Who knows? Not me. People will be coming back. Yeah. Um, what do I have next? Um, so they recently done a poll on the most killed actors on screen. Most cute. Most killed. Almost killed. Okay. Actor on screen. Sure, that's and not a poll. Con- sure, that's just a fact. That's a fact. Yeah, that's okay. true. Contrary to popular belief, Sean Bean is not in the top ten. All right. Yeah. Um, but someone just recently bit Christopher Lee, who was killed on screen sixty times. Sixty times. Yeah, Christopher Lee has been killed sixty times wow. on screen. So, mostly as Dracula. Uh, I would think so. Mm. <laughs> and now, with 65 times on screen, our new reigning champion is Danny Trejo. Danny Trejo? Okay. Yeah, I suppose Danny he plays baddies in a lot of films and a lot of yeah, low-budget films as well. Film. Yeah, he was in Corner from Dust Till Dawn, Anaconda. Probably died in all three of them. I'm pretty sure he died in all three of them. Um, guess how old he is, Colin? Danny Trejo, he looks like he's mm. probably about 68. 75. 75, okay. Yeah, and he still has uh, some more acting coming up soon as well. So he will probably keep his uh, title for a while longer. Yeah, to get the kind of title, you have to not only be, be well-known, but you also have to make a lot of films, I guess, because he, he's not a man who's afraid to make some straight-to-video stuff. Um, that is true. That is very um, true. He was also in uh, the Flash TV series, uh, briefly. There you go. Oh, well done, him. Um... Here's some con- controversial news, Zijan. We don't often controversial don't, news on this podcast. We don't do, what? We don't do controversy much, but um, I, uh, the César Academy, which I've never heard of, uh, which is the French equivalent of the Oscars, apparently, okay. have all quit on mass um, because after they gave what? so they gave twelve nominations to a film called An Officer and a Spy, which is directed by Roman Polanski. Um, okay. convicted rapist and uh, fugitive Roman Polanski and there's a, a massive outcry at this so they've all quit um, this is a bit of a change of pace from my usual news but I thought it was newsworthy um, mm. so I thought I'd mention that's it that's very interesting there you go. I mean, Roman Polanski I think is more uh, forgiven via uh, in France than he is elsewhere and um, but a lot of things are forgiven a lot more in France it seems to be that elsewhere. way um, but the younger generation is standing up and good for them I say oh. mm. um, I only have one last bit of news okay. um, and it's uh, award seasons again with the Rises out and Rises nominations are yes. always about the same time as the, the Oscars and guess which film has been nominated the most this Rises it's not that difficult to guess uh, well I did read these but it's Cats isn't it it is Cats <laughs> I like that they mock Cats in the in the Oscars as well when uh, both um Rebel Wilson and uh, James Corden went out to present the Best Visual Effects Award in their cat's in costumes. Cat costumes. Although th- some people then got upset that they were mocking the visual effects team or something like that. But yes, I thought it was quite funny. Uh, fair play to them. Uh, although, because usually the Razzie Awards were announced on the evening of the Oscars or the night before. But this mm. time the nominations were, and the, the, it's going to be the first televised Razzies, I believe. Yes, I think this has been one of the earlier Oscars as well. Has it? They usually do it late February and early March. I'm not sure why they moved it up this time around, so that's probably why the resis are much later. Uh, okay, okay. Mm. Oh, good stuff. 
Good stuff. I have no more news, so but we do have a brief uh, interlude, Zijan, for a return of your favourite segment that we've not had for a long time. Um, things that Colin, oh. things that Colin was wrong about. Ah, uh, how I've missed this. <laughs> um, you may recall, Zijan, uh, we discussed uh, um, the Studio Ghibli films, and uh, yes. I said that Howl's Moving Castle was 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 on Netflix. Um, it's not. It's not. I, is it not? I, I meant to say Kiki's Delivery Service, which is the other one I've got on my list. I so. thought the only f- Ghibli film that's not on Netflix is uh, Grief of the Fireflies. Uh, well, I, th- I think it's coming to Netflix, but it's not there yet. Ah, uh, uh, so, okay. Uh, I've still not managed to watch either of the ones I've got on my list, but they're on my list. Uh, that's okay. Uh, I've not watched Castaway yet. Okay. <laughs> uh, speaking of films we have watched, uh, we move on to our segment to See or Not to Z, where we talk about films we've seen and tell you, the listener, whether you should see them or not Z them. Uh, have you been watching a film, Zijan? I have seen a film, and I think this is a film you've warned me against watching. Okay. Um, it's Just Like Heaven. Against watching? I love that film. You love this, <laughs> this film? It's one of my favourite films. What? I went through this whole film thinking, oh, Colin hates this film. And now I know why he hates oh, this film. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm a huge fan. Huge fan. Oh, really? T- oh, this is going to be awkward. <laughs> <laughs> tell tell uh, us about it. You've already told him about this. It's uh, Reese Witherspoon, Mark Ruffalo. Uh, Reese Witherspoon is a workaholic doctor. She enters a coma and then she discovers um, that her spirit is out there. And Mark Ruffalo sees her spirit in the... Because Mark Ruffalo moves into her apartment and then she he sees her spirit about. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it's, and yeah. it's, and it's charming and, and beautiful. Is that what you're going to say? It's okay. <laughs> the, the whole garden thing was a bit... Uh, so Mark Ruffalo's character yeah. is a gardener. Um, yes, it's, it is a beautiful and touching love story that I, I think is wonderful. It's not. Um, and, and it is one of my favourite films. Uh, but obviously, yeah. How? It's not. Okay. Uh, beautiful and touching is where it's a stretch. It's a bit <laughs> of a stretch. Really. It's okay. It's okay. Like, it's something to watch while you iron your clothes, which is why I did. Uh, okay. Well, there you go. Um, so would you say our listeners should watch it but only if they're earning, is that what you're... Yes. Uh, well, if you have nothing better to watch, it just only came out on Netflix as well. Um, Colin loves it. Yeah. So you can tell whether your taste aligns If you have a heart and soul, uh, you'll really, <laughs> you really enjoy this film. Um, I have been watching on Netflix, um, Would You Be My Neighbour? After we after we talked about uh, about Tom Hanks playing Fred Rogers in uh, whatever that film was called, oh, Beautiful Day in the Neighbourhood. Uh, I went back to watch the documentary from a few years ago, um, Would You Be My Neighbour, um, which is the documentary about Fred Rogers' life. And it is it's very good. It's very good. Uh, it kind of, no, I suppose, no huge surprises if you've seen the film or if you know Fred Rogers, but uh, it kind of it dug more deeply, as you expect from a documentary. Um, the biggest surprise, actually, I, I didn't realise that he was a registered Republican, and that's the which the film didn't mention. So that was quite interesting, but you had yeah his talking heads from him, from his wife, from various people who worked with him. With I think also with the journalist, um, who was played by Matthew Reese in the film, um, and uh, yeah, I think if you enjoyed A Beautiful Day Neighborhood uh, or you want to find out more, um, check it out because it's quite interesting. I've still not seen it, so it's gonna be yeah. Let me watch the film first. Yeah, yeah, fine, fine. Uh, we move on then to our main segment, um, which I thought was about Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of one Harley Quinn, but I'm yep. going to be told by Zijan is in fact... Harley Quinn, colon, Birds of Prey. It, no, it definitely wasn't called that when I saw it. 
Yes. And do you know why it's called that? Um, because they realised that uh, Harley Quinn takes up 90% of the screen time? Yes. And um, because it hasn't been making a lot of money. Ah, okay. That's why. So it's been renamed, uh, I think, early last week. So after the weekend uh, opening and the box office was very disappointing for Birds of Prey. Especially given that, you know, Birds of Prey is not really a known title. No. They've decided no. to rename it Harley Quinn calling on Birds of Prey because Harley Quinn is obviously the main draw for this anyway, regardless of what it is. And to be fair, the Birds of Prey thing doesn't really happen till right in right the end. Right at the end, yeah. If, if, if you don't know the Birds of Prey, and I, don't, I didn't really know them, then it's nothing. If you do know the Birds of Prey, you're not getting that anyway. Definitely not at all. It was it was quite... It was a very annoying thing. Like, if you name a film like that, you expect it, you know, to be more than the last... Two percent of the film. Yeah, it's basically like if Avengers uh, was just um, someone who's not the Avengers uh, doing loads of stuff, and Iron Man and Captain America showing up occasionally, <laughs> and then at the end saying we're going to form the Avengers. It's it's such a yeah weird. Well, okay. Um, before we dive into it, do you, do you want to set the scene? Tell us what's going on. Yep. Yeah, um, I'm not sure whether we're doing non-spoilers and spoilers. I'm not sure there's much to spoil anyway. Um, let's. I mean, let's 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 try going non-spoilers and see what happens. Per usual, yeah. So this um, follows the aftermath of um, Suicide Squad, I believe. So uh, Harley Quinn, played by Margot Robbie, uh, has just been dumped by the Joker. And she's now enjoying her single life, I guess. Um, throughout this whole process, uh, um, she bumped into some new friends, I guess. She made some new friends. Yeah. Um, it's very hard to describe this in a way that... Uh, would not give up that yeah, so the general this. principle seems to be um, the Joker was protecting her and now she's not with him, lots of people want to kill her. And, That's pretty much and, it, right? And yeah, and she then bumps into some people. <laughs> so some bad guy and then a little girl, Cassandra Kane, stole a diamond from the bad guy and then she has to get it back. I guess that's probably all, as much as it can get. I'll do it. Yeah. As you can see, the plot is not the strongest point of this film. Um, cards on the table. I thought it was a terrible film. Um, really, I think it's pretty poor. Really bad. Uh, so we'll get into we'll get into that. But um, so my, my first point actually was that I hated the title. Um, more, now uh, I, I didn't know it changed. Well, so so I, I hated the old title. Like um, basically, Birds of Prey. I mean, we talked about already that it's, it's not a sensible title. But the, the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn is just so cutesy and irritating um, it's such a mouthful isn't it it's a mouthful but it's also it's trying to be clever and funny and it's failing and it's just I said cutesy is the word that keeps coming back and, and in fact that's my real issue with this with with Harley Quinn uh, and the whole dynamic of this film I think it goes for cutesy it goes uh, for kind of um, wackily amusing but dark and it misses misses everything I think yes I, 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 I do see the point um, tonally, I would prefer the cutesy bit to be more prevalent throughout this whole film, rather than the dark bit. I so to be fair, um, the the film starts with uh, an animated sequence. Yes. Yeah. Uh, describing the origins of Harley Quinn. Uh, with animation, and then in terms of cutesy things that happen, that that was one of them as well. At the beginning, she break the the fourth wall, and she look at the camera, and then the like hearts coming out from her eyes, things like that. Yes. Um, which is quite you know typical for Harley Quinn, uh, you know, comic book or film as you would imagine. But they 
couldn't keep up with the tone throughout the film and it just got very annoying at the yeah, end. I, I say tonally, this was all over the shop. And I, it was. If, if you will remember our Suicide Squad episode from a couple of years ago, I, I have a real problem with this character. Um, and I, I know that it's in some ways it's quite true to the cartoon um, and I guess later to the comics. But she, she for the background, this, Margaret Robbie, sorry, um, Harley Quinn, her name was, was it Harleen Quinzel or something? Yes. Um, and she was a, a psychologist, psychologist, one of those, um, who was into the Joker, fell in love with him. In this film, at least, he on well, the Suicide Squad, he tortured her into insanity. And then she fell into some um, magic chemicals that turned her even more crazy. Uh, we all love these magical chemicals. Yes. Um, the same chemicals that created the Joker. Um, so the whole... This this character has... The reason she's like she is is because she was tortured. Um, she is... Her personality is entirely changed on that basis. So, so this... The whole message of this film of she can break free from the Joker's clutches and just be herself again uh, and has uh, all this power and, and, and agency and, and energy. I just think the entire time thinking, yeah, but she's only like this because she was tortured into insanity. She, she's she's supposed to be this incredibly smart psych, psychiatrist um, who's just trying to help people and she's become a murderous um, villain, effectively. Anti-hero at best. So you see her murdering people in this film for no really great reason. Early on, she murders a guy just because he makes a slightly. I mean, he makes a. a, a he was quite crude. He makes a crude sexual comment, which is is a bad thing to do, and she just kills him. And I think, well, okay, I'm not on board with this character. I don't want to root for this. I don't character. root this character. I don't want good things. I'm not going to cheer because she's got over the Joker because she she should be in prison, or at the very least, she should be receiving help for the fact that she's insane. Um, so I'm never going to want to celebrate this character, I think. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, for for me, I'm I'm okay with this. Um, I I read all, a lot of comics with uh, Harley Quinn in it. Um, and I've um watched the animated series where Harley Quinn, um, originated from hmm. the Batman uh, animated series. So I I don't really have any much issue with this. I I I'm I'm not here to watch to root for her or anything. It's just watching you know, uh, Margot Robbie play Harley Quinn and she does it really well to be honest um, I think Margot Robbie is probably the main the, the one the best things of this film one of the best things about this film I, th- I think she's um, going to divide audiences so I, I, I agree that she, I mean, she's, she's by far the best actor uh, she's, she's a great actor I, I mean, we both love I, Tonya but I just can't get on board with her at all. So, and and it's, I mean, some people, the, the Times gave this one star, which is a lot of people have actually given it quite positive reviews, but um, they just found it very grating, her kind of over-the-top, I keep saying cutesy, but her cutesy New York accent. Uh, and I, yeah, I just, it's so grating that I don't, I don't want, and we're going to get more of her, she's going to be the new Suicide Squad, isn't she? But um she would be yes. I don't want to see her ever again. <laughs> <laughs> That's so harsh. Um, wow. Margot Robbie, I, I, want, I want to see in lots of things. Uh, Harley Quinn, I do not want to see in anything. Um, wow. I didn't know you hated this film so much, Colin. I did. I it was. And apologies if if I find Steve Forley ever listens, which I know he doesn't. Um, as the one man who likes Suicide Squad, I was sitting there thinking this film might be worse than Suicide Squad. That's how much I hated this film. Um, Is debatable I did feel they were slightly trying to retcon the character in that cartoon opening because they had her being like attacking the nuns and they back in the day and they had it doing doing kind of fairly um I know not villainous type things but kind of uh, rebellious type things which mm. I got no sense that she was that kind of character in Suicide Squad pre 
insanity. Um, well, now you've got everything off your chest. Oh, there's lots more, but let's keep going. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I enjoyed... Um, I enjoy her performance in this. Um, she was the best thing of uh, Suicide Squad, and she's still the best thing in this film. So, um, by far. So I really cannot, um, yeah, complain about that. I have issues with the rest of the. Should we talk to the characters so. then? Um, yes. Let's well. Let's start with the. Uh, let's start with the villain, shall we? Um, you and McGregor playing yes. Black Mask, a character that we know is called Black Mask because when they first see him, they c- cut to a scene of him wearing a black mask for no reason. <laughs> And then he doesn't wear one again for a very long time. Uh, I don't know. Good old McGregor. I think he was enjoying himself in this film, though. He looks like he's like chewing the scene in every every show, every scene. Um, yeah, I thought he was really bad. Um, <laughs> I, I thought he was terrible in this film. I, I like you, McGregor. I think he's done some good stuff, but he didn't. I didn't find him scary in any way. Uh, I don't think it was supposed to be scary, was it? He's just hamming it up like crazy. I don't know. I, 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 some people have said they found his character quite scary, intimidating, which I. I thought he was aiming for intimidating. Maybe not. Oh. Uh, I, yeah. So, so I mean, what was his deal? He, he wanted to find a diamond. He didn't mind killing people. This is it. You know, the whole the whole film is all about just finding this diamond. Um, and what's special about the diamond? Because it contains the codes for the Bertilani fortune. Is that right? Something like that. L- literally, one scene or one shot that was clearly added in post <laughs> says that it's encrypted with some code or other that says something um, which is never referenced on, on screen uh, apart from that nope. moment I think. apparently um, apparently th- it went through various different iterations and the one version was going to be it included uh, naked pictures of him <laughs> and that was why well, he was McGregor. Well, McGregor which is why he was so keen to tra- track it down and they also <laughs> they got rid of that after test screens I think and therefore clearly had to put in something else um, that Wow. It was a very late edition and didn't make any sense. <laughs> Imagine all that trouble just for naked pictures of a black mask. Yes. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah, so I, I, I don't know. I, I didn't like his performance. didn't like the character. Uh, his, side, okay. his psychic, uh, Chris Messina, playing uh, Victor Zaz, if I'm pronouncing Oh, that's Chris Messina, huh? Mm. Chris Messina, who's who's a very good, very good in um, in newsroom and the Mindy Project and various other things. Uh, yeah. But he he dyed his hair blonde and decided to play it as a really stupid guy. <laughs> very very stupid guy. Um, so he's standing there with his mouth agape most of the time. I, yep. I thought he was really bad. Uh, this is going to be a recurring thing. This could be a trend, <laughs> yeah. Victor Zaz in the uh, in the comics uh, is one of Batman's uh, arch nemesis. Um, he carves a tattoo on his body for each person he kills. Uh, basically, that's his uh, jam. Which is which is which this character did. Um, although Black Panther's nemesis, Killmonger, did it also. And much better as and well. Much better. Um, you you've not watched Gotham, have you? Um, I've not watched no, Gotham. Victor Zaz is, is is a recurring character in Gotham, and is ah. very good in that. Like this psycho murderous, um, sadistic psychopath. Like really, yes, that's that's what. Yeah, he's supposed to be. I feel dis- disappointed with this because he's just a psychic, a henchman. Yeah, and I think the representation in Gotham is really strong. One of the best things they've done, and in here it's just nothing. And they, they, and they kind of play on the relationship between the two of them, and there's the kind of hints of homoerotic stuff, but there's. Just a really weird choice from Christmas, you know. Shall we go on to the Birds of Prey? 
Yeah, who were introduced to quite late into the film, but yep. yeah, go on. Uh, so there's there's a cop. I can't remember her name. Um, Renee Montoya. Thank you, Rosie Perez. Uh, she was annoying. I hated her character so much. Uh, so yes, she her big complaint to get the start is that she's been passed over a promotion. Um, yep. We are given to understand that uh, this is a misogynistic choice, and she's um, uh, she's passed over because she's a woman. I think she's passed over because she's an absolutely she's terrible a, cop. <laughs> she is a horrible <laughs> cop, isn't she? She really is. Uh, oh, jeez. So, I mean, not least because she's hanging around with a bunch of murderers and doesn't attempt to arrest them at any stage. Oh, it's, it's it's ridiculous. I, I I don't get why she's part of the Birds of Prey. Um, she's not really a big character. If I'm not mistaken, she was just a bad woman's lover in the comics. Oh, right. Um, but... <sighs> Uh, my this this character greeted on me every single time she comes on screen. I was like, uh, why is she here again? Interesting. I don't. Cause ca- I I mean I, I hated almost everything about this film, but um, but she was one of the things I I didn't mind. So there you go. Did you? We really do have different tastes. In <laughs> yeah. uh, okay. Uh, we have Mary Elizabeth Winstead playing um, uh, Huntress. Huntress. Um, his, there are three things I like about this film. Three things. Um. Although I have actually forgotten what one of them was. Um, so, but one of them uh, was I quite liked the idea that everyone referred to her as the crossbow killer and she wanted them to call her Huntress. I thought that was quite funny. That was funny. Although I don't appreciate the change in her behavior. Or I don't get Huntress's change in behavior at all. Mm. Like she comes across as this cold-blooded killer. She's been introduced as this cold-blooded killer who, who's you know tough and disciplined and an assassin who wants to kill people because... Um, you know, her whole family was murdered, and then suddenly at the end they become girl pals. Yes, she, and she suddenly becomes um, a quippy character well, as well. It's kind of it socially very... awkward. I mean, I, I've had it compared to Drax, which I, in, in Guys the Guys, which I kind of like. She doesn't understand social cues and stuff. Um, which yes, was only evident in the last five minutes of the film. <laughs> That's the thing. I, I I don't understand that behavior change whatsoever. At the beginning, the whole film, she she was portrayed as a cold-blooded killer. Yeah, ruthless. And I expected powerful, yeah. that to carry through all the way to the rest of the film. And then suddenly, after she killed uh, Zax, well, spoiler, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't worry. After she killed Zax, her, her character just did a 180. Yep. I my 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 guess. I mean, she she had like six lines before then, but um, but you're right. She, there was no no suggestion at all that she was like this. And suddenly, when she, they start giving her things to say, she changes entirely. Um, it does feel like they someone's like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna make another Birds of Prey film. We need to have characters that they can use for that. Let's make her the awkward one. Um, Huntress is in part of Birds of Prey in the comics right. as well. Okay, and she she is uh, she is basically. A tougher version of Batman, really. Like she doesn't hesitate to kill if she wants to. Okay, okay. Um, but you know, has looser morals than Batman. Uh, but it's just ah, uh, I was so upset with the whole, whole character. Because I really like Mary Elizabeth Winstead. I think she she was great in Scott Pilgrim. Uh, she's really good in Spectacular now. She she's done some great stuff. Um, but this, she just didn't seem to know what she was doing here. And uh, because this was the Harley, sorry, the Harley Quinn show. She had very little uh, screen time, as, as did any of them, really. Nothing. Um, Black Canary 2. Played by Journey Smollett-Bell. Hmm. I can't pronounce it. She name. wasn't bad. She wasn't bad. Uh, she really wasn't bad. In the grand scheme of things, 
She really wasn't bad. I thought I would go into this um, not liking her. Okay. Because, uh, um, but and uh, you know, she grew on me. So she's um, the daughter of uh, Lena Lance. Is it Lena Lance? Lana Lance? Uh, Laurel Lance, Laurel Lance yeah. um, Who f- fans of Arrow will know as the uh, the Black Canary. Um, her thing is that she can... Um, well, she, she's a club singer. At one point, fairly early on, she breaks some glass by singing as a hint that she has strong vocal powers. Um, and I guess... It, is it a twist? I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm starting not to care about spoilers, but um, she can just knock people over using that. But everyone knows that, though. This is that's, Black Canary kind of, talking yeah, about. Yeah, if you know the comics, you know that's true anyway. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I thought she had some good fight scenes. I thought she was quite personable. Her character seemed more or less to say the same throughout the film. Um, yep, I think so. This is one of the few things I liked about her character as well, because you know where she's coming from. You know where she's going to. There, there isn't anything that you know strikes me as different yeah and she, she's, you know, it's, she, she, she's a clear trajectory in terms of character development and you know, Ewan McGregor's character Black Knight Black Mask rather um, is also is also a misogynist in fact in this film I, I noticed there was I think one male character that wasn't a misogynist um, which was the the Thai restaurant owner even he wasn't great but even yeah it seemed to be a, a film in which um, the women band together and men are all terrible so there you go uh, she, she's suffering under him and she's got to do his job for him but she wants to, to rise up and take him down um, what I found very strange actually, um, so I think we've covered all the characters have you? I can't think of any other characters uh, we have uh, Cassandra Kane. of course Cassandra Kane. yes Ella J. Basco the, basically the, the whole reason for this film in the first place so she um, uh, she is the criminal she's one who's stolen the little diamond. pickpocket. Well, fact, yep. um, she's picked the diamond from someone. And in some versions of the comic, she's Batwoman, is she? Or Batgirl? Batgirl, yeah. Batgirl. In some versions, sorry, she's Batgirl. And she's uh, mute as well. Mm, not in this film. In the comics. Definitely not in this film. Um, it's very hard for me to be harsh on child actors. Okay. But, but are you going to? She's she, uh, she wasn't that great. Yeah, I didn't hate her. I thought she was all right. Mm. I, yeah. I, I mean, I hated this film already by the time she came along. So, so. <laughs> it didn't help that much. Uh, <laughs> Change your views. Mm. Um, I'm leaving aside all the weird kind of questions of um, this is supposed to be Gotham. How come Black Mask is the guy running things? Where's you know everyone else? Where's Penguin? Where's Riddler? Where's Where's Joker? Yeah, wh- what's happened to Joker? So Jared Leto clearly didn't want to come back, or at least, of course. or they possibly didn't want him to come back. Well, he's joined the Marvel Universe now, anyway. That's true. But the Marvel... No, he's in the Sony... Oh, yeah, Sony, Sony Universe. Spider-Verse. Um, yeah, so you've got lots of references to him, and even... But he doesn't appear. They use a stand-in at one point, I think, and they do a shot from Suicide Squad that he's been taken out of. I don't know if they reshot that or whether they just cropped him. Um, I, Unlike most people, I actually quite liked his Joker performance. I thought it was one of the better things in Suicide Squad. Um, that's not saying much it's not saying a lot but I thought he went for, he went for a big choice and I think it it kind of works uh, but we don't see him here what we do see um, is a really confusing timeline that seems to benefit no one at all <laughs> so <laughs> I do agree yeah. with that oh I, I forgot completely about that and then you brought it up yeah. and now oh that annoyed me so much in that film while I was watching it I didn't understand yeah. that bit at all so, the choice so it starts off like I don't know so someone's 
some characters on the phone and it's like then you skip back to see how they got there and you skip somewhere else to see how they got there and then you jump forward a bit and jump back a bit and which can be done well in films Deadpool did a lot um it served zero purpose in this film and was it's done horribly in yeah. this film and the reason why I'm going to say it right now it was the part when Harley Quinn went into the police station mm. there was a flashback uh, scene which lasted at least half an hour after that yes yeah, so they had a bit where she goes, that, she's wearing this costume and like just as a as a she pretending to just be a I don't know kind of a blonde bombshell one, but anyway, and she takes it off and she's got all these guns and stuff, and then he's like, "We've got to go back and explain it." And well, no, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't at all. You don't really do not have to do it at all. And the whole explanation lasted a half an hour. Yeah. I do it wonder was so bizarre. if that was another late choice with voiceover thing in the gaps because it, it it feels like it worked much better just a straight narrative. Um, it would definitely work better with that yeah. I, I don't need to see it jumping all over the place at all maybe you can do that for you know Huntress's background if you wanted to you don't really need you know Kislog in here and there but honestly that whole entire bit was just weird to include yeah um, so the the police um, is that spoilers I think I've probably run out of non-spoilery things anyway alright okay, spoilers spoilers here we go uh, so the police thing I think the people who like this film this is the, probably their favourite bit of the film so you've got all these um, she, she's got guns but she's shooting beanbags and confetti and stuff at people and she takes down the entire police station possibly without killing anyone although I was watching thinking if you use a gun to shoot a beanbag into someone's eye they are they're dead. probably dead. <laughs> I mean, they're definitely blinded for life but probably dead. Um, but it's not but it's cute though. This is it. <laughs> this is the, this is the balance that I I just don't like this. Actually, what it made me think of. So you know when Joker came out and there was all this stuff about oh it's going to make people go out and kill people. It's going to make people really cross and angry and, and, and all your incels and all this are going to go and, uh, on the rampage. And then no one did. This felt to me like it was doing the kind of things that people said Joker was doing. That it, um, by by making it by having this murderous character as someone that we're supposed to sympathise with. And say, oh yeah, isn't it funny that she's going to do this? Isn't it cute? And uh, yeah, I know I've already run throughout this, but I just tonally, this felt irresponsible as well as bad. But, anyway, she, she meets <sighs> a bunch of guys. Um, they they go to a fairground because you know it's Gotham. Because she's a Harley Queen. Yeah, um, and it's a, it's only in the last scene, really, or the last half hour or so where they actually then meet each other, these birds of prey. Exactly. So they all and they, gather in this abandoned fairground. Uh, Harley Quinn punched uh, Montoya, Detective Montoya, out of a window, and she somehow survived. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, because... Because why not? Um, they have a uh, bit of fight. So that Black Mars has gathered everyone he can think of into this fairground and sends maybe, I don't know, 10 of them in. Uh, without guns, um, of course, because you know that's how you should do it. The birds of prey defeat them, and then they just like wander out of the fairground together. Going like, hey, hey, we're buddies now. It's in the- oh, wait a minute, I forgot about you know Black Mask and all those like thirty, fifty other henchmen that he's got. In this- <laughs> it's like, what are you doing? <laughs> they seem really surprised when someone shoots at them. <laughs> Did they forget Black Mask was there? I don't get it. Uh, um, but it, it does that, bring us on to the, the other bit that, so there are three things I said I liked yep. um, the second one was the, the bit where she's cling, hanging onto the back of a car with roller skates I thought was pretty well done oh that's good fight wow you're really spreading this, uh, good things the things I like 
Hey, they very they, they, <laughs> sparingly they sp- throughout this podcast. Uh, they spread the things they like sparingly out throughout the film. So, um, <laughs> so it's quite a fun, Burn. it's quite a fun action scene where she's she's got roller skates and she's like yeah holding the back of the car and she's jumping around and flipping over it and all sorts. And some good good fight stuff. There. That was good. Um, and well, let's, let's go for the third thing I like then. I, I should, well, let's, well, let's, put, let's finish the plot first. Um, they t- team up, they defeat Black Mask somehow. So Black Mask has um, kidnapped uh, Cassandra Cain um, and gone down this weird pier. For some reason. Uh, and then. And their way of Cassandra getting him out was just to hit him, isn't it? <laughs> no, they drew a grenade. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so this, yes, Cassandra Cain pulls a grenade and so. He then, he then jumps off the pier for some reason. With the grenade, because that's how thing how you would do it. Yeah. Um, fortunately, far enough away from her that she's unharmed. Uh, of course, because she's a girl. Because she's a girl. Um, and then they're ha- they're hanging out in a diner, having a laugh, and then Harley Quinn abandons them and takes Cassandra Cain and a diamond with them. Hence, the birds of prey are set up. And that was the other bit I liked, and I quite like the fact that Harley Quinn's character, in as much as there is one, um, she did still betray them. I, yep. I kind of thought this weird setup of her because the birds of prey are good guys and she is she is not uh, even it, not really though like wow them is a clear murderer I meant birds of prey in the comics are good guys birds uh, of prey yes. in the films yes they're, they're not really good <laughs> I was slightly surprised that the police woman still had time to go back to the precinct <laughs> having hung around with these murderers <laughs> and then quit and I thought she might have at some point mentioned that she was hanging around with the crossbow killer because that's badass, Colin. It is badass. And the crossbow killer in Venice was killing men, so I guess that's fine. Uh... Uh, and so we're set up with a Birds of Prey sequel that will never happen. Um, and a I hope Harley not. Quinn sequels that sadly will. Um, I mean, no one, even if you love this film, no one is going to see a Birds of Prey film that doesn't have Harley Quinn in it, are they? No, definitely not. not none of them are big names enough to carry a film. No, and and... More than that, none of them had any character set up at all that would make you want to watch, to watch them film. again. I think if if you want to go in that direction, then make more of those characters. But it was it was ninety percent Harley Quinn, ten um, percent everyone 10% else, ten percent everyone else. Uh, yeah, so I, DC have had they've had some wins recently. I think um, Shazam was pretty good. Aquaman was was a lot of fun, even if it was all nonsense. Obviously, Wonder Woman. But this was a bad miss. This was this reminded me of. I think it's just because it comes round to the fact that they just cannot balance a film well. When it comes, when when they know the tone well, like Shazam was fun, yeah, and yeah. Go, go, uh, Happy Go Lucky. The same with Aquaman, which is lighter, yeah. in tone. They do it very well, but when they try to incorporate like dark grittiness into a comic book film, they just don't do it well at all. Well, that's, 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 I mean, so you got Joker, obviously, which is a great film, um, mm-hmm. which is. But, totally but very it's just but grim, it's though. That's just dark and. It grim, is dark, man. and it's but it's not a franchise movie like this one. And I guess this mm. someone, there's a committee in DC have, have looked at the the polling data and whatever it is, and people have said they like Harley Quinn, and they've they've also seen Deadpool did very well, so they want to make some R-rated films. Because <laughs> um, this this was R-rated, uh, I'm not sure that was. Right, it's yeah. It feels like it's a halfway kind of thing of going kind of dark, but at the same time also trying to be funny and and still trying to make her charming and uh, empathetic. He doesn't know what it wants to be. That's why. Yeah, because I mean, and this is what I've talked about before. Because Joker movie, no one 
we're supposed to empathise with the joke. I mean, I think we're supposed to maybe think twice about it and, and look at the character development and how he got there. But you weren't supposed to think, yeah, what a great guy. Whereas this is kind of the opposite. You're supposed to not think at all about how Harley Quinn got there, but you're supposed to empathise with her. Oh, yeah, there's a high inner in it as well. <laughs> Why not? Oh, well. Oh, dear. So we will see her again in The Suicide Squad, which despite this, I am kind of looking forward to just because it's James Gunn. And I think he'll make a good film. Uh, uh, let's just see how this it goes. This is Kathy Newman? Yes, it's Kathy Yen. Ah, Kathy Yen, different person. Um, yeah, I don't know what she's done, but this I, I, I think she made a mess of this. I, I think that maybe is, a, is the studio's fault. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't feel as hacked around with as Suicide Squad was after it was made. I think I still think they did quite a lot in post on this one, but I don't think they redid the film from, from the ground up as they did with Suicide Squad. But uh, it's a bad one. Yeah. Should we move on? We don't. Yep. Yeah. Uh, we move on then to uh, Actor Factor, our, <laughs> our segment where we look at the films of a particular actor and talk about them. Um, uh, Nicholas Holt is the wife of Ford, and I realise I've not actually seen that many Nicholas Holt films. Um, apart from the X-Men apart films? From the X-Men films. So he's been in quite a lot of X-Men films. Um, usually when we do these we, we pass over the, the comic book stuff because we talk about it enough in other segments Yeah. Um, so I will go way back so he's going way back to about a boy um, his, with Hugh Grant his, Hugh Grant uh, I, I, probably his film debut Nicholas Holt um, with a adorable pudding bowl uh, haircut uh, he basically plays a uh, young kid and Hugh Grant is this carefree bachelor uh, and they they bond and he learns well, Hugh Grant learns to be a more caring, better person. Uh, it's based on a book by Nick Hornby, and it's very good. It's very good. Have you seen it? Uh, no, I've not seen it. It's, um, I mean, in some, to some extent, it's it's Hugh Grant playing uh, the kind of classic rom-com lead that he'd done a lot around that time, but there's more depth to it, I think, and more, more an interesting character um, that he's playing. So I think that's definitely worth checking out. It, um, it's when you, when you see Nicholas Holt... <laughs> Uh, I've seen Nicholas Holt. Yeah, he does. He makes you realise how how long ago this film was, but, um, and how old we are. How old we are, exactly. But it's it's a good one. Uh, the only other two I've seen are Mad Max Fury Road, which uh-huh. uh, everybody loves apart from me. I thought it was boring. I love it as well. Yeah. I don't know. I, I I just find it really boring to be honest. Um, they, I I realise I'm the only one, but they they drive across the desert and they drive back again and that's the film yep that's, that's pretty much it uh, no the thing is I went in there expecting very little from it okay. but I came out very happy watching it so that's that's, that's probably why I loved it a lot I think um, uh, yeah my, my expectations were just lower than you what did. I saw and I, it was a great film I think my expectations were very high because it won all sorts of Oscars and I also I, uh, I watched on Netflix and I was very tired at the time so the, the circumstances were bad but uh yeah, George Miller, the man behind Happy Feet 2, I think, uh, brought us <laughs> Mad Max Fury. Uh, and also The Favourite, which we did an episode on. We didn't. Did we do an episode on this? I don't think we did. All right. Well, we talked about it. We did talk about um, it. In, uh, I thought we had to an episode on it. Anyway, whether or not we did. Uh, he played Robert Harley, the first Earl of Oxford. And yeah, it's a good, it's a fun performance from I love, I love The Favourite. I thought it was very funny when I saw it. Um, I love all the three actresses who are in it. Um, Nicholas Hart didn't have much to do in it, but still, it's a great film. No, the, I mean, the actresses, I think, are great. I didn't love the film, but um, I thought the performance was wonderful. I liked the fact that his wig was so big um, <laughs> that it had to be attached to the ceiling at times. <laughs> yeah. oh, I love that. I love that about it. So those are the only Nicholas Hart films I've seen. 
The only one that I've seen apart from those that you've seen is uh, Jack the Giant Slayer, Ooh. where he plays uh, Jack the on Jack on Beanstalk. Um, Jack of Brian Brian Singer directed that, didn't he? Yes, uh, it's okay. okay. Nothing, nothing special at all. Uh, so, what is your favorite Nicholas Holt film? Uh, Mad Max. Okay. Um, right. I'm going to say mine is probably X Men: Days of Future Past. Yep, no surprises there. Uh, and your least favorite? Dark Phoenix. Okay, I'm going to go for um, Apocalypse. Speaking of uh, Dark Phoenix, the Rezies, they got some nominations in that oh, as well. Oh, I bet they did. Yeah, Jessica Chastain. Mm, well deserved. She was awful in that. Did, Men in Black didn't get as many nominations as I was expecting. Or maybe no, that was a, people don't hate it as much as you do. No, I hate that film. Um, well, there you go, there's Nicholas Holt's film career in a nutshell. Um, not a very big nutshell. The next, sorry, next time we are looking at um, doing our look back in Oscar segment where we watch an uh, Oscar best film winning film from the previous years. Uh, which one is it going to be this time, Zijan? We are doing Patton. Patton, which I have been pushing for ages just because I've got it on DVD and I've never got around to watching. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing it for you, Colin. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Uh, great. So we move on to our final segment of the day. It is the quiz. Well, that's been quite a short episode. Though. Um, this. Okay, this is going to be a very difficult quiz for me right. because I've not seen many of the films and I didn't want to read the synopsis on Wikipedia okay. because I didn't want to spoil the films for myself. Um, so as so, previously advertised, this is uh, about the nominees for the Best Picture this year. Uh, I've not gone for too many plot questions, so there shouldn't be too, too many spoilers here for you. Yeah, please don't because uh, I'll be... Yeah, because I was going through this, I was thinking, uh, do I want to come up with a plot question or should I just let it go and... <laughs> Yeah, Fro- honestly, I, I want to watch the films. I really want to enjoy some of the films, and I don't want to spoil myself okay. watching, uh, reading the synopsis for it. So, yeah, there you go. That's my excuses out of the way. Yeah, well, that's good to know. Um, I will kick off then um, with which is the only uh, Best Picture nominee that didn't get a screenplay nomination as well? Ooh. So, Little Women has, probably has adapted... Uh, Obviously, oh, it has to be nineteen seventeen, right? Surely, I'm going for nineteen seventeen. No, it's a Ford versus Ferrari. Oh, um, dang it! Or Le Mans sixty six, as we call it. Um, all the rest got adapted or original. If you've been paying attention to me, Colin, in this podcast, unlikely. My question should be quite straightforward. <laughs> in Marriage Story, from what Stephen Sondheim musical did both protagonists perform songs from? Uh, no, you, you did say this. Um, yes and I don't know so I'm gonna in fact I, I did, I've heard this before as well and I can't remember oh, it's not a name I recognise song it's gonna pass it's Company okay uh, I did tell you this you did tell me this but I, I don't listen to everything you say Zizian I'm a busy man <laughs> ouch <laughs> uh, who was the only person to work as a producer on more than one of the nominated films ooh Ooh, these are really good questions. Thank you. Ah, who worked as producer for more than one of the nominated films? That's it. So usually the directors become producers as well, and some of the actors as well. Um, so I don't doubt it's anything to do with Parasite. Uh, let's go with Tarantino. It's uh, David Heyman. Hmm. Uh, who oh, yeah. produced okay. Marriage Story and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Ah, uh, cool. Uh, question two from me is, uh, Bong Joon-ho won all four categories which he was nominated in. Uh, 
tying the record for most wins in a single night with whom? Who did it in 1953? Uh, Walt Disney. That's correct. Uh, Good Wikipedia. Look, you can look forward to that question uh, later on. Um, which nominee was based on a book called Caging Skies? Uh, guess what my question three is. <laughs> Jojo Rabbit. It is Jojo Rabbit. Question three, in reverse. Jojo Rabbit is based on <laughs> which novel by Christian Leonis? Is it Caging Skies? It is. Here's a question you, you'll struggle with. Um, Bong Joon-ho won all four awards he was nominated for, equaling the, <laughs> equaling the record for the most wins in one night. Who set that record in 1953? That's what Disney. Um, listeners, let us know who who asked that question better. Um, <laughs> Definitely me. Come on, I asked it first. And question four for me. Um, this is something I've mentioned as well in a previous podcast, oh, in okay. The Irishman. Okay. Anna Paquin, uh plays Peggy Sheeran in The Irishman. She says very few words in it. How many words did she say? Okay. Uh, is it... Is it... Eight? It's six. Six? Wow. You should pay attention to where I speak, Colin. <laughs> is this how it's going to go now? You're going to give me the answers to all the questions weeks ahead and then see if I remember. <laughs> well, we'll find out in next week's spot, next podcast, right? Maybe we will, maybe we will. Question five, yeah. last question for you. Uh, which, nominee, uh, which nominated film has a score created by Randy Newman? My favorite... Uh, I'm going to go 1917 again. Uh, no, it was Marriage Story. Oh, cool. Um, this may for the win. Yes, it's two all. Question five. Name three actors who starred in multiple Academy Award-nominated films. Uh, Laura Dern, Al Pacino, yep. Scarlett yep. Johansson. That's correct, for the win. Uh-huh. Were there any more, or is that all three? Must... Uh, there's Robert De Niro as well. Oh, of course, and Joker, yes. Yep. Uh, I, I, that means I think I've pulled it level for the year at 2All. Um, yep. What are we quizzing on next time, Zijan? Next podcast is our 100th podcast. Our 100th Colin. podcast. Uh, how exciting episode 100 um, who thought we'd get this far eh? I know I know we've been speaking to each other for so long yeah um, and the quiz well the, the, the entire episode is I, th- I think we need to work out between ourselves exactly what it's going to be based on but it's going to be something along the lines of our favourite films since we started doing this podcast is that the idea I think I think so yeah uh, but the quiz is on uh, thing is on this podcast. That's what it's on this podcast. Yeah. The past one hundred podcasts, past ninety nine podcasts. Past 99 podcasts. <laughs> uh, we've discovered already that I don't listen to you, so I'm gonna. St- yep. I'm gonna, so this could be I'm fun. Gonna struggle <laughs> in this quiz. Um, well, you you need to like give us more listens, Colin. You just played all our podcasts right from the beginning. Be, I'll be. I'll be listening to all hundred uh, or all ninety nine episodes in the build up to the to next time. Um, if Good. you, the listener, want to uh, want to go back. Um, or even give us your questions about the podcast that you know don't yeah, know why enough, not? Um, then send them our way here at cdzofmovies at gmail.com or we're on Twitter at cdzofmovies. Uh, so yeah, that's it. 99 episodes down. One more to one, go. One more. That's also <laughs> final. Yeah, I haven't told you, Tijan. That's it. We're done. Oh, okay, good. good to know. Cool. All right. Bye.